Good day. Welcome here to Sports Stars Camogie. As you've guessed already, we're back free to wear. And I'm back. The partnership is back. I'm Darren Kelly. And your name is? Killian <laughs> uh, Whelan. Yeah. How are you, Darren? I'm good. We're not going to go to Ronnie's or to Johnny's yet. But Killian and myself are back together, back free to air on Podbean, Spotify, and on YouTube as well. And we'll be bringing you right through the championship. Fanula will be with us as well at times, right through the championship between now and August the 7th. Uh, Killian, it's just so much again going on. We're like, I think we had 16 championship games last week. It's just been a mile a minute. Yeah, a mile a minute. And uh, great, great, uh, obviously, to see the. You know, the championship up and going, Darren. Um, again, just a bugbear of mine. I just wish there was more about it. You know, that the um, I know now we've certain communications people in place and everything, but um, you know, just want to see a bit more publicity around it because you know, we had some very good games across all three of the championships. I think we're we're starting to see a little pattern emerge, all right. Um, we're seeing a little bit of a you know, I suppose maybe a shock kind of potential developing within the senior championship. Um, there could be a bit of a dark horse in the intermediate. And I think we're starting to see even in the junior championship, maybe things starting to fall into place with maybe one or two dropping away that we probably didn't expect to lose even at this early stage. So interesting to see this round now, as we know, it's a broken up um, round with, and, and it's the pride round as well. So going to be interesting to see what uh, counties come up with over the over the next uh, two weekends. But um yeah, this this could be the this could be make or break for one or two, Darren, I have to feel. And just want to mention as well, Killian, because we did discuss it on the Patreon app about the Pride Round as well. Like and I said to you the other day, I think this is a wonderful initiative. It's the potential to be big. I'm not expecting it to be massive this year because it's year one, but it's the potential to be big. And it's a great message that the Kamoki Association are putting themselves in to be putting that message out. Absolutely. Yeah, sure the whole element of uh, inclusivity and, um, you know, that everybody feels that they, that they can be a part. And, you know, I think sporting organisations, because to me, Darren, politics, the way it's gone over the last five, yeah, maybe five years, I would say, um, you know, it's not a reflection on society anymore. And, 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 you know, and that's no disrespect to, I'd imagine there are some very good people in public life, but I just feel there, there's so much harm and um, point scoring and everything like that within politics that uh, I think a reflection on, on life and community and everything like that tends to be through sporting organisations now. And it's, uh, you've only got to see uh, events in America where it was, you know, the coaches of NBA teams and NFL teams and so forth that came out with quite strong on the message of the school shootings and, and the politicians are sitting on their hands afraid to upset anybody. And we have a kind of similar scenario here to somewhat has developed in society so I'm glad that sporting organizations have taken uh, a lead here. And, um, you know, it, it, again, it should show that, you know, our, our society, our sporting organizations are heading in the regard that everybody should feel part of our organization and that nobody, you know, should be excluded in any way. So, look, it's a start. It's, it's, it's a stick a flag in the ground moment. Depends how big it's going to get, Darren, in lots of ways. I'm sure there'll be people that'll give out that, you know, why is this even being highlighted in lots of ways? You'd be hoping, and I, I, I firmly have the belief that I'm hoping that in the next, in my lifetime anyway, Darren, I don't know about yours, but, um, you know, that... The, that was older than you. <laughs> that our, our whole scenario with regards to people and having to identify in any way, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what sex, gender, color, whatever you are, you are who you are. And, and, and that's your, and, and like I said, if you want to play sports and be involved with Camogie, great. Sure. We'll, we'll, we'll take all comers. Most certainly as well. And I completely agree with you. And for anybody listening here that doesn't realize how big this can be, 
just check out the AFLW. They've been doing it for years and doing it right as well. And it can be very, very creative. Uh, let's talk Amogi. Um, I was in Parky Ren last Saturday for Cork against Clare. I'll get your thoughts on it in just a moment, Killian. But afterwards, I joined up with a good friend of ours here in Sports Stars and my match co- co-match commentator, Elaine Aylward. And she gave us her thoughts on that game and the results that we had to hand at the time from the other games in the Glendimplex Senior Championship Round 2. We're here in Porky Wynn last Saturday myself and I'm delighted to be joined by Kenny's Elaine Aylward who was my co-commentator for the Cork against Clare game and Elaine will be witnessed Cork show why they're still All-Ireland contenders a big victory against Clare. Yeah, absolutely. Look, like I said, they just went about their business really, really efficiently and did what Cork do so well. You know, they punished Clare time and time again. Any misdemeanor, any, you know, mistimed Clare pass Cork were in. They smothered it up. They turned around. Their first goal came from a Zian Spillane shot from Clare that dropped into Amy Lee's hand, worked it the whole way up the left-hand side of the field and it finished with Amy O'Connor goaling at the other end. So, look... Cork have shown what they're capable of doing and if you don't punish them at one end they'll go up and punish you at the other Yeah Cork looked like after the early stages of the game there as well with the sides were level a couple of times they just built up their advantage it was two points apiece after nine minutes but then uh, Chloe Sigerson let's just talk about her first another fantastic exhibition four points in play Yeah and she does it time and time again you'd say if you're coming to play Cork the one thing you'd say is someone needs to sit on Chloe Sigerson we can't let her in space from any distance I mean some four points I think in total today some of them she threw over from the middle of the field as if she was putting them over from the 21 line but she just finds herself in the space I suppose when she's in that half forward line she tends to drift back the field a little bit and if no one picks her up on the way back up then she seems to find herself in that space and as I said can throw over points then from distance for fun the second of those came in 10 minutes a minute 3 points to 2 to Cork and they started to gradually pull away as well getting another 3 scores Amy O'Connor as you mentioned she got her first in 20 minutes 6 points to 2 but she'd have a telling impact before half time yeah look sure she's like a player of her calibre inside in that full forward line and at times I'm sure it's frustrating for her in there because Cork do have a slow build up at times but when she does get the ball in there she's so capable of punishing and she did so with that chance for the goal as soon as she got a sense of goal I suppose she, she buried it and it was um, a real nail in the coffin for Clare just before half time We have to talk about the Clare goalkeeper who did everything in her power to stop that happening as well indeed I think she got a stick to Amy O'Connor's goal but it was a crucial score because it put seven points between the teams but also at that stage Clare had lost Muir and Scanlon they came into the game with out on your Lockton and we were seeing signs that these games were catching up with them the draw on the replay against Tipperary the double extra time two weeks earlier against Cork in the Munster Camogie final as well two games into the championship if their Cork and Tipperary game out of the way you can make the argument about but they're really really going to struggle for numbers in one way maybe I'm over exaggerating a little bit ahead of the game against Wexford this weekend no, I think it's going to be a massive week for them in terms of recovery and who could they can get back on the field for next weekend. Look, this has been five weekends on the road on the road for them, and it's been on the road. You know, they've had, as you said, the the Munster semi final against Tip, the replay of that, the extra time Munster final here, the double extra time Munster um, Munster final against Cork, and look, all those games are tough physical games, and then to face into the first round of the championship into a Tip team who you've beaten three weeks before, and you know, a huge physical battle again in the rag last weekend at ten points apiece and turn around again this weekend and come on the road to Parky Ring. So it has been a huge five weeks for them. Look, their saving graces are at home next weekend, but they're facing a Wexford team now who really, really need a win next weekend. So, you know, you'd imagine they're going to come with all guns blazing to Wexford. So Clare are going to have to be at their best next weekend again. And look, for all the hurling, I suppose, and all the good things we've spoken about in Clare in the last, you know, four or five weeks, they still find themselves at one point heading into the third game of the championship. Yeah, I'm going to talk to you about Wexford in just a moment as well, but we're just going back to this game as well. We mentioned Amy O'Connor, that goal before half time, one eight to four points. What Clare needed was a strong start to the second half. Uh, they gave the ball away 
away. Three passes later, and Amy O'Connor had struck a second goal. Yeah, and, and that's exactly it. Exactly what you said there. They gave the ball away. You know, it was a ball they were in control of, and that happened so many times today for Clare. Look, when they play the brand of hurling they want to play, it's lovely to look at, and it works really, really well. But you just get the feeling that Cork learned something from two weeks ago. They learned how to spoil that kind of a game for Clare, and when they did, they turned them over. I think it was Aoife Keane had a ball in her own half back line, went to put it across the half back line, intercepted by Cork, and as you said, three on two, got the numbers over, got the overlap, and Amy O'Connor doesn't miss when she gets into those positions. When you mentioned brand of hurling, of course many people have talked about Cork's brand of hurling this year as well especially with the addition of Davy Fitzgerald in the backroom team as well and even some parts were exposed I suppose against Galway in the league final as well from what we saw here today in Porky Rain what did you make of the way they play? Yeah, I thought they mixed it up a little bit more today. I didn't think it was as much running. I don't think it was as much expected of Saoirse McCarthy and Laura Hayes. They offered as much. They still covered probably as much ground, but it didn't have to go through them every time. That night in Croke Park, I felt everything had to go through them, and they ran themselves ragged into the ground so that when Galway did empty the bench, Cork just had no response for them. I thought they mixed it up nicely today. They played a nice little bit of short ball, but when they needed to, they went long as well. And look, Laura Tracy is so pinnacle to that whole game. You know, she sits back in that pocket. If the opposition decide to go short, she's there waiting for them when they try to run it in if they decide to go long she's on the end of it and Cork are just so clinical then when they set themselves up on the attack again you have Hazel McCarthy gone up the two wings so you have an option every time and they switched the play a lot today and I thought you know they were a team that were really in sync they knew what way they were playing and they got on the end of those passes time and time again Are they the best halfback line in the country at the moment? Yes, I think so. They're probably they're the settled half back line. I, any day Matthew Toomey goes sits down to pick his team, he knows who his five, six, and seven are. Every single day, you know exactly what you're going to get from them every single day. And not only do they offer you that defensively, I suppose they popped up with four points at the weekend as well. You know, two points from um, three from play and one from a free. So you know they're capable of getting up the field and scoring as well. And by the time the pocket comes, they're back in position in the half back line. So yeah, definitely for me, they're the best half back line in the country at the moment. When Amy O'Connor got that second goal, a minute two eight to four points to sixteen seconds into the second half Chloe Sigerson, Amy O'Connor Orla Crone and Olin Target to stretch that margin out Clare did finish this game with two goals the first one a bit fortunate but Amy Lee was tremendous in goal throughout the match she was she certainly was and look she's as you said she's been an, an understudy to Aoife Murray for a long number of years and stepped into her own line in the last two or three years and has really stood up to it you know and not just a fantastic shot stopper as a goalie but also her restarts and her distribution of the ball in general she'll have been disappointed from Lorna McNamara's free today that she didn't deal better with it it dipped at the crossbar I suppose right at the, at the right time for her. she'd gone with her hand and it just went in above it so you know probably a little bit disappointed with that one there was no stopping Claire Harris one when it came it was a bullet from about seven yards out so if she'd stopped that one I think she could have just picked up the all-star straight away there was no stopping that one but look that'll give a bit of lifeline to Claire going back to training during the week you know they got the two goals other than that their scoreline was looking very bleak for that second half Yeah anybody who was, who was watching the, our coverage on the stream service on Saturday between Cork and Claire with a firm of seven lane debating about whether Claire Harris should be on the field of play just goes to show what I know because she proved me wrong <laughs> yeah certainly I think you were for her own concern you were trying to take her off maybe she picked up a couple of injuries and had been getting a bit of attention for a couple of minutes in the full back line and next minute she popped up in the full forward line and stuck a rocket to the net so you know she, when she went down we were talking about maybe her coming off maybe to save her for next weekend or whatever but whether she heard us or not she pulled the helmet back on and she ended up in the full forward line with a rocket of a goal so no I don't think there was any surrender in her on Saturday
Cork beat Clare 217-2-5 as well. Uh, before we finish up, Elaine, let's just look at some of the other results as well. We'll be talking more about this with Killian uh, over the show, but you mentioned Wexford there. Like, Waterford against Wexford was expected to be a big match. Now, we haven't seen it as we talk. We're just watching on social media, but nobody imagined 318-9 points. No, I don't think so. And certainly, you know, knowing what was at stake in that game, you know, Wexford had, defeated, had been defeated by Cork last weekend. Waterford had been defeated by Dublin. So you knew it was going to be a big game. And, and every game in this group is a big game because, as we said, anyone can beat anyone on any given day. So you expected Wexford to come all guns blazing to, to Welsh Park today and, and try and turn over Waterford there. But certainly from what we've heard and what we've seen, it was Waterford who did all the running there and, you know, might have struggled to get a green flag raised last weekend against Dublin. They raised three of them today and put 18 points, I think, with it as well. Well, so clearly a, a mark of intent for them and look we spoke about it last weekend as well I suppose that water team is experienced you know they've been around quarter final stages of the championship they were never going to go quietly out of this championship so they certainly showed that today but you probably have to be a little bit disappointed with what Wexford brought to the table just having a look at the scoreline and it just goes to show now, Clare against Wexford is pretty much a winner takes all in regards to staying in the championship. Uh, we'll go through the table in a moment, but it also sets up a tasty match next week between Tipperary and Waterford. Caught the fan, if Tipperary make it to Crow Park, caught the fans already ordered their all-star, I reckon. A late score again to get a draw against a Dublin, a resurgent Dublin team that we saw last week. Yeah, a resurgent Dublin team and I think a Dublin team who would have relished getting Tipperary up to Parnell Park today and, and getting a shot at them because I suppose during the league and Adrian O'Sullivan wouldn't have been shy about saying he felt that they left that tip game behind them in the rag in the league so I'm sure this is one they were relishing from the time the fixtures came out and you know they had a, a super victory last weekend against Waterford and really physically dominated Waterford I thought at times last weekend and from the reports I've seen of the tip game today did a similar thing to tip today but as you said look you just can't beat I suppose tip again that experience haven't been around the quarter-final stages of the championship they weren't going to go quietly as this championship either no more so than Washford so you know look I suppose maybe to get that caught to van free at the end to get equal points from it and look well I suppose they haven't won any of their two matches they still haven't been beaten in the championship yet and I suppose that's, the, that's what they'll carry into next weekend's game against Washford yeah, two points gained at the moment. Quickly looking at the table from Group 1. Cork and six points. Dublin four. Waterford three. Tipperary two. Clare one. Wexford nil. We did mention an important game between Dublin and Cork next week. We knew we were there at the draw live when it was met. We knew it was a group of debt. Two rounds in. Six matches in. It hasn't disappointed. No, certainly not. Look, and I suppose the word I keep saying is anyone can beat anyone on any given day in this group. And, you know, I think actually from a, from a Cork point of view, it's going to prove really, really beneficial going forward. You know, they'd always be fancy to top that group and come out of it. But the danger always is that you don't get tested in your group games and you don't know what you're really at until you get to a knockout championship game I think Cork are going to know what they're at because I think they're going to be tested along the way and then underneath them look everyone is testing everyone every weekend and as I said no one could have predicted the Waterford result against Wexford today you wouldn't have predicted the Dublin Waterford one last weekend you wouldn't have predicted Dublin tip this weekend so look it's a mouthwatering encounters again next weekend can't wait to see where we end up next week to watch that just talking about the other group you mentioned about testing well Galway Kilkenny the red hot favourites they have two wins out of two each Kilkenny comfortable win against Limerick 121 to 6 points Galway looked a bit closer we don't quite know where the game went but they got their victory the two teams on course for pretty much a semi-final a showdown to make the semi-final at the end of this yeah, look, I suppose it's hard to, to read too much into it when you just see the score lines. And, you know, awfully from what it looked like, gave Galway a game of it, um, as did Limerick last weekend for long periods. But you just don't know, I suppose, where Carl Murray or where Galway's heads are at and how they're going training-wise and stuff. I would imagine they're probably looking at that last group game against Kilkenny as a step up to either a semi-final or a quarter-final, and that's where they look to hit the ground running. From a Kilkenny point of view, look, they have a couple of new players in. They've lost a couple of players from last year. So it's just about getting championship time into some of those new girls. And, look, they've had two, I suppose, handy 
handy enough victories on the scorelines against Down last weekend and Limerick then today. So, you know, both of them, as you said, on course to, to finish first and second, depending on how that last showdown goes. And last but not least, Down against Antrim, like they've had some great battles, Down have had the main wins up, up until the Ulster final this year, but based on Antrim's performance last week, we thought it was an Antrim victory coming here, but not to be Down get a draw, Neve Mallon won nine. Yeah, look, as you said, it's just the scoreline again that we've seen, but two close neighbours up there, they've come up through the intermediate ranks together, you know, they've been nip and tuck in Ulster Championship over the last couple of, of years and just a couple of weeks ago, as you said, Antrim getting the victory over Down and look to me maybe just getting that jump on them now in the Senior Championship but Down obviously not willing to go down without a fight either and, and brought that right to the deck today and just from looking at the scoreline going through it, it was nip and tuck the whole way, it was score for score, but as you said, Neve Mallon again, just an outstanding 1-9 out of 112. like how many times has she done that for down over the years and continues to do it and you know really keeps their championship hopes alive yeah I was just going to say we'll finish up with this one as well because even that point like if they're kicking any game out of the way yes they have to play Galway they'll target Offaly and Limerick who are not going as well as the other teams at the moment down you can say are back in the hunt here yeah absolutely and it's just amazing how quickly I suppose a year can turn you know having coming out of the Ulster final they would have been very disappointed I suppose to lose to Antrim in that game and, and now suddenly look they get, as you said they got their Kilkenny game out of the way and look it was one of their home games I suppose they would have liked to maybe get somebody else at home and maybe forfeit the, the three points to Kilkenny if they had to go on the road but look bounce back from it and I suppose look they've troubled Kilkenny at times last weekend Kilkenny didn't have it all their own way either and obviously you know that maybe set them up nicely for the, the encounter with Antrim this weekend and you know a draw was probably the fairest result in the end and it's could be a valuable point come the, the end stages of this championship. That was Kilkenny, Camogie, Great, Elaine Aylwood talking to us about Cork against Clare and the other games. And Kilkenny, just taking Cork against Clare first. Um, we'll be talking more about Clare later on. But Cork getting on with the job. Granted, you can make the argument Clare have shown signs of fatigue, but Cork getting on with the job and Amy O'Connor's flyers at the start of the championship. Yeah, like it's it, it I, I'm a big fan of Amy O'Connor's, um, but as a person and as a player, I, I think she's I'll second that. She's a phenomenal uh, individual, and um, I, I I'm delighted to see that she's hit the ground running this year. Um, I don't know I don't know whether it's uh, w- w- to do with her whole um, brand ambassador role. I don't want to mention the company uh, here, uh, uh, Darren, but um, you know she seems to be a revitalised character in lots of ways. Like Amy is never too far away. She'll always be somebody who is. Um, you know, on the cusp of things and, 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 and can still score phenomenal efforts. I just think maybe last year mightn't have been her best year, if that makes sense. And maybe there was a state of flux and everything and maybe a bit of pressure on her shoulders or whatever um, last year to kind of, you know, take a very strong lead role in that in that Cork forward line. But this year, she just seems to be, I don't know, there's a, a bit of weight lifted in, in lots of ways. And... Um, I, I, I just think she's going to be incredibly hard to diff, to, to deal with uh, as we head into the, the real uh, cusp of, of the championship because um, if she keeps shooting the lights out the way she is, uh, you know, she's already, uh, to me in my mind anyway, she's already put her hand up for an all-star in, in the opening round. So going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Well, certainly too. And she was brilliant in 2020 and of course 2021. Look, everybody has a dip and all that, but so far are so good for Amy O'Connor and for Cork. Um, two other results in this group we'll look at the table in a second that really caught the eye and um, Waterford 3-18 Wexford 9 points now we're talking about both of them later on Killian but there should not in any way be 18 points between these two teams well, when you consider the way the league semi-final went down, you know, and it was such a, a tight affair in Dr. Cullen Park. And realistically, you know, to me, it changed on on on, on, a, on a bit of a moment um, with Waterford at 9.8 in front. And then all of a sudden, you know, it was just Wexford took control. 
Um, like, look, great credit to Derek Lines and, and his crew, the way that they bounced back there to be able to, you know, I'm sure there was a little bit of hurt and everything from Dr. Cullen Park that day. Um, but I'm worried now about Wexford, I have to say, you know, and we would have been bigging them up here, Darren. We really feel that, you know, as I said to you, they're down in the southeast that all boats were heading in the same direction and that was upwards uh, when you consider how, you know, things have just been developing along there last year and you were thinking here could be an opportunity now for the, the first team to be a bit of a dark horse and, and and again go back there and nail down a quarter final place and you never know then about the progress but that's a fairly chastening defeat. I, I don't know, you know, maybe it's a blip in the system. Maybe we'll see a different Wexford, you know, coming this round but... um. That's, you know, great credit to Waterford. Uh, that that really now has put them back in, in, in some element of a mix there, Darren, that, 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 that we could see them, you know, it could be a huge result in, in uh, qualification. It puts down a marker with a couple of other games to come up. But um, yeah, I, I, that result is worrying, I think, from a Wexford point of view. I agree with you completely. And their game against Clare has taken on such even mm. more significance uh, mm. this weekend. Um, the v- first result of the day caught attention to Tipperary four games without a win, Dublin 10 points apiece. Uh, like, we'd reckon six of the eight or nine best teams in the country are in this group. But even I had Dublin down as potential relega- a relegation finalists. I, I don't think anybody in this group is going to get relegated. At least I didn't think it at the start of the championship. But certainly not Dublin now. And um, two games unbeaten. Pre-crack in Cork this week. Let's call it what it is. And Adrian O'Sullivan's a very happy man. Yeah, and look, I, I have to give you a bit of a clap on the back here. You you kind of were reckoning that this this game was a game that Dublin would target to kind of, you know, to to maybe show what what they were about and and you know throw off the shackles that little bit because you know I suppose going into it there was probably more pressure on Tipperary than there was on Dublin because people probably weren't expecting uh, Dublin to be able to get a result out of it. But, um, you know, you'd have to say the two Ashlings really have been on fire there. Maron O'Neill got four points. Um, Jody Couch seems to be, you know, uh, really grown into form, has continued a form that I would have seen her in the third level competitions or whatever, uh, continue. And Tipperary then were, were, were down to a situation where they had to really, really knuckle down. Like, you know, now Roisin Howard obviously being sent off uh, wasn't obviously much of a help, but um, I, I would just, again, if I'm worried about Wexford, I'm a little bit worried about Tipperary. Now they could, of course, we know come out um, within this round, Darren, and, and uh, you know, shoot the lights out, which they have every potential to do. But again, if you're looking at a Tipperary team that don't get a result out of uh, this weekend, well, then, you know, their their chances of uh, realistically being in the semifinals are, have taken a bit of a dent. Taking a massive tent as well, and Tipperary against Waterford and Clare against Wexford are our two featured games later on the show. You mentioned Amy O'Connor, Killian already. Ashley Maris, two bear the match performances out too. Mm. Like, I seriously hope that she's going to be in series reckoning for an all star consideration, regardless of what happens for Dublin from here on in. Yeah, well, she has to be considered. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, she definitely has been a player that's been revitalised under age, you know, Sullivan and as having a big, um, you know, as having a big 2022. So, you know, yeah, hoping that uh, Ashing will be considered. Um, I, 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 I just like the, I just like the little bit of panache that Ashing plays with. There, there's just something down. She could turn a game uh, on 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 a, on on a very little. You know, she just has flashes of brilliance and uh, different different levels of skill and whatever. And uh, yeah, I I would have to say she's in prime position for uh, an inside forward all star at the moment. Anyway, and uh, you know, alongside Amy O'Connor. 
Yeah, delighted that on the fair green already we've had the Bohemian O'Connor and Ashley Maher I feel we haven't even told their full story yet. Maybe we'll do it again. Uh, that group, Killian Cork, six points, Dublin four, Waterford three, Tipperary two, Clare one, Wexford zero. Um, when we do the two feature matches, of course, it's that group on this week, so we talk about that later on as well but um, uh, it's certainly it's a group that hasn't disappointed we knew it wouldn't and it certainly hasn't disappointed even if it's only two rounds in yeah, only two rounds in as I said and there's already been so much uh, has, has happened you know as I said we we probably would have been given Wexford that little bit of a nod over Waterford. You, you, um, I would have felt anyway that Dublin were going to consolidate the position there and be challenged for that quarter final place, judging on their form. And you obviously were expecting then, you know, a tip to be up there and uh, and chasing out of that group along with Cork. But like, look at what what has just happened. It's 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 it's, it's a crazy scenario now. Um, that you know you could see Tip missing out, um, Darren, if if they don't start getting their ducks in a row here. The game, as you mentioned there, against Wexford for Clare, has becomes a, a very very important for them if they want to be maybe challenging for that third place. That Dublin Clare game, if Clare get a result, whenever Dublin take on Clare, that is going to be uh, you know yeah. uh, the, the 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 big six pointer as such, um, and uh, it could be a phenomenal game to uh, to watch. Um, having talked to Niall Dewey, the strength and conditioning Clare, I just think the gas, yeah, they were running on the petrol fumes a little bit uh, again uh, down in Parky Rin. So, you know, it, it, it's uh, really something now a game that Wexford probably could target, but like Wexford. Can't be any worse, surely, than the war against Waterford last weekend by, by, by the looks of things. So it could be a bit of a slugfest, uh, uh, Darren, because, you know, you have a clear team has said, what's it going to be now? They're six week on the bounce. Um, Wexford team having suffered that fairly humiliating defeat, I would say, to Waterford. Um, well, it's going to be a chess match, I think, in, in a way. It's going to be who, who's going to be the lactic acid and everything like that, Darren, That's in the last like 10 it. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk more about that later on. Let's look at Group 2 very quickly. Uh, despite their rivalry, Killian, I didn't see this result coming. Down 112, Antrim 112. I told Antrim mm-hmm. had taken the bull by the horns to take the third spot in this group, but it just goes to show you should never underestimate this town team. No, never underestimate. And we, and, you know, I'm not saying Antrim did, I'm saying we, I, I, I did anyway. Well, yeah, and I was going. I, I was going to say I did and and probably get you out of jail there, but you're, you, you've put your head over the parapet now anyway. <laughs> so, um, look, yeah, I, 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 I didn't see... Now, look, the fact that they, they, they gave Kilkenny a little bit of a game, you just wonder maybe was the focus then that to try and be competitive against the Kilkennys and the Galways and then try and go for uh, the other game because that third place is what's there to be fought in. And now all of a sudden, you know, down of maybe throwing, you know, a little bit of... Um, a little bit of an element of that group was wide open there. Now, I, you know, I think personally, Offaly are gone uh, and they're going to be fighting off now to kind of stay stay in senior championship action, um, Limerick and themselves there. So then the fight is between Down and Antrim for that third place. And, you know, the fact that they finished up level there won't be on head-to-head. It's going to be on scoring difference. So it's going to be interesting the next few games. Antrim put up a big win, of course, against uh, Offaly. 13 points difference between Kilkenny and Down. Down have obviously got to watch that scoring average now for the rest of the matches, uh, uh, Darren. But like, it, it, it's going to be, that's where it's all going to be fought out. Unless something happens with Limerick and Offaly uh, that they're able to turn things around, I think it's going to be between Down and Antrim now for that third place. Judged only based on that, I still fancy Antrim though are going to be the ones, uh, as you, um, I think, and Plumfer as well, uh, that they w- will be making it through into uh, the uh, quarterfinal stages. 
Yeah, hopefully you're playing Limerick the week after next as well. That's technically the relegation battle you would feel down a uh, way to Galway and and. Speaking of the top two, they're getting, they're getting on with the business. Galway 212, Offaly 16, Kilkenny 121, Limerick six points. Like I'm very, very worried for Limerick, Killian. I don't mind saying that. Um, some people in Galway are trying to make out that they're struggling. I don't think Galway is struggling at all. I think they're just going through the motions with these first Absolutely. four games. Absolutely. Um, two wins out of two. Offaly, you know, Offaly have to step up against Limerick now and make sure that they're not the team in the relegation battle. Yeah, and, and you know, Offaly did go toe-to-toe in both first halves of their game so far against Antrim and Galway and then, you know, the opposition have just got away in them. So, you know, like Susan Erner and Offaly, I would imagine they're targeting that Limerick game now at this point because I I, I just think the championship is, is going to, you know, it's in danger of petering out there, Darren, in, in, in lots of ways. I think, you know, if Offaly were to be considered anyway serious, you know, they would have had to have wonder home game against Antrim and you know people wouldn't have been expecting to to to, to beat Galway but they, they had to Antrim had to be the game and when they succumbed the way they did in the second half obviously it's disappointing so now they're really only left fighting for survival and as you rightly said there Limerick is the game uh, Galway are just going through the motions yeah, I no question about it anyone says that Galway are struggling um, you know you obviously haven't watched Galway over the last couple of years where you know get through the group stages whatever way possible lay down a marker if you it's have to game. yeah lay down a marker if you have to which they obviously let's say for example last year you know down in uh, down in Callan that they that they did in, in obviously beating Kilkenny away that was a, you know a big a big thing for them to be able to do but like um, you know you have a scenario now that they're not going to be worrying about things until they get to the semi-final. Um, you know, they don't have the the, the the scenario where they have the provincial series like um, Munster and Leinster obviously do to be able to tailor them. Although I do think there should be an opportunity there for Galway maybe to flex their muscle in one of those provincial championships, even though I know they don't link into the All-Ireland series. I have kind of felt it should be looked at. Um, but they, they now are using these games. They know they have the ability to know that he's using his panel as he as he unert, uh, uh, usually does. Now, he still has players in the key positions and his leaders are still there. I'm talking about Colin Murray now at this point, but, you know, it, it, again, he's not getting too worried about games until it obviously gets to the business end and then that's when he needs to be striking on on, on the hot iron. But, um, you know, Galway, yeah, they, they, they're going to be obviously there, thereabouts. Uh, Kilkenny again, you know, fine victory for them also. Um, but like, you know, Limerick, I really worry about Limerick and Darren, like, don't get me wrong. I like, tipped them for relegation, Gillian. Yeah, but like, I just can't get, I can't get my head around it. You have the two Quivas there just for one that stand out. Muran Kramer, uh, Rebecca DeLee, Roisin Ambrose, like, did get into any inter-county panel. Uh, I just don't understand what is the ultimate issue there and you'd love, now I do know on an administrative level and everything, things don't seem to be happy uh, completely down uh, within the running of Limerick Camogie. So, um, it just it's it's not happening on the field either. You know, do players take on some of the responsibility here as well, Darren? Um, you know, are, are they are they being coached? Well, there's a lot of players making whatever? themselves unavailable too. Like, so yeah. you know, you have, they have to take on some responsibility. Yeah, well, that's and, and that's it. Like, um, but I still think that there's enough quality within that starting fifteen that they should be doing better than they are. Um, you know, like uh, I I I just don't get it. I, and I would have witnessed, as you said, the, the, some of those Limerick teams over the last number of years, and, and, and you know, a lot of those players at third level competition and so forth. They, you know, they they are players that would be starting in other counties. So you know, like I I just can't um I I just can't fathom it. And I, and I'd love if someone in Limerick is in Limerick Camogie is is listening and, and wants to get involved with us here and, and and toss it out with us. I tell you, we'd only love to talk about it, Darren. 
Yeah, you can get our email news at sportsdales.ie. My number is on the website as well. Feel free to drop a text message too or send us a message to our social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Going to Kenny, six points, Antrim four, down one, Limerick and awfully nil. Very quickly, Kelly, we just want two intermediate and junior. A big win for Westmead against Dublin. They're off the mark, you would feel. Kenny, Cork, Galway getting their expected victories. But the two results have really got the eye. Kerry beating Leash. I reckon that was kind of like a preliminary quarterfinal in itself. And Derry, not just beating Mead, but hammering Mead. Fanula did pick Derry to win the All-Ireland. We thought she was mad at the time. Mm-hmm. They, cert- they certainly um, certainly have given us something to think about. Yeah, and and Darren, th- th- there was maybe a little bit of a threat in Derry last year. Um, and, and maybe, look, they're just looking to continue it on there. Like, uh, Mead... I was looking at their social media. They were very gracious in the defeat. They were, they were very complimentary of uh, the way Derry had played and everything. And, uh, you know, they just weren't good enough on the on the day. And and it probably now leaves Mead in a little bit of uncertainty as well going forward, Darren, about being able to qualify for the, the knockout stages. But, like, that, that's... Um, you know that's a serious scoreline. You'd have to question. You know, and it is a nine-point victory for uh, for Derry. Um, we would have often again asked the question as to why Derry weren't doing a lot better than they were when you consider the impact of Schlock Neil. Uh, we know that kind of marriage doesn't seem to always correspond across well between the club and the county, which often can happen. You know, if you have a very dominant uh, club side or whatever, it, and uh, maybe the length of time it takes to get through the competition. I know there would have been girls, I would imagine, that would have been flat out with Schlock Neil and then having to go into a county setup. Um, it just probably didn't marry well. But for some reason, things seem to be heading in a better direction there. And, uh, you know, they definitely have, you know, opened themselves up for, um, you know, a performance with regards to putting down a marker, you would feel, Darren, going forward. You know, like it, it, it really... That, that's a big that's a big result you'd have to cr- uh, credit Derry with and uh, one to keep an eye on now for uh, see how they develop over the next few rounds yeah apologies if you heard any clip there we'll listen to the show I seem to just disappear off Zoom for a moment but killing the bottle professional that he is kept the show on the road there anyway and I'm back and if I realise that nobody heard that at all you won't hear this apology because I've just deleted it <laughs> <laughs> a junior um, Kevin second win out the Waterford the junior level are really starting to show signs of improvement Armagh another big victory against down we talked about that group already Armagh and Antrim in control Tipperary big win against Mayo and Roscommon now granted it was beat Limerick and we've just discussed Limerick struggles, but after all the problems they've been having this year, and we focused in on it and the change of management uh, Roscommon picked up a much needed victory just for confidence yeah, it'd be good just for confidence, Darren, but I'll wait and I'll hold my powder until maybe we see how they go in the next round because, you know, you are playing, again, a team that's in a uh, probably a worse situation than you are. So I'm not going to get too carried away with the result against Limerick. But yeah, look, uh, you know, a team that has obviously competed at the All-Ireland semi-final has got to an All-Ireland final uh, all within the last 10 years at Roscommon. You expect them to be doing a lot better. We know there's been flips and changes there and all sorts of, I don't know what you want to call it that's gone on. Um, maybe some sometime it'll come to light as regards the way things have been done down in Roscommon. But look, it's a win for them. It's a it's a confidence boost. But look, again, credit Kevin. They, they just are tipping along there quite nicely, uh, Darren. Um, you know, like to, to go to Tipperary, be Tipperary in the backyard, then Waterford, you know, travelling up and, and, and like 
seem to give Cavan a bit of a fill of it too. So maybe Waterford, as you said, rightly, uh, their junior team uh, putting in now a little bit of a show, maybe showing a little bit of uh, impetus in the right direction. Phenomenal result for Armagh, although it's, of course, against Down's second team. But that, that is a fair scoreline to shift. And I know, Darren, you're talking there about Tipperary with the win over Mayo, but it's not a... like. In the context of where maybe Mayo are coming from, I wouldn't be getting too disheartened. Yes, it's an 11-point defeat, but, you know, like, credit Mayo, I think we've still got to give them the credit that they're going in the right direction. It's all about, you know, playing opposition now that they wouldn't have been used to playing at a higher level. And, you know, for me, it's ensuring now that they stay at Premier Junior. That would be the target, obviously, for them. Um, but I don't think any disgrace in that uh, loss there to Tipperary in some ways. No, and it's a good result for Tipperary as well. She only lost to Cabin by a point too. That's the tougher of the two groups you would feel with Clare in it as well. Uh, that's it for the first part of the show. I like listening sports says because I like to listen to ladies football and ladies camogie. So welcome back here to Sports Stars Camogie. I'm Darren Kelly, joined by Killian Whelan. And during this segment now, we're going to be looking ahead to the big games next weekend, focusing in on two of them. But a quick run through what else is going on. And Killian, Tipperary and Waterford, that's where we're going to start off. It's a, well, they don't like using the term curtain raiser, so it's a double header with the Munster Senior Hurling Final. And look, it's my first Munster Senior Hurling Final actually to go to as well. We'll be doing the commentary as part of the stream. Um, but a big, big match, regardless of the occasion, as you touched on already in the show, a big, big match for both teams. Yeah. And and hopefully you get to stay around for the Munster final, uh, Darren, and that you're not kicked out in any way. <laughs> but yeah, look, great that it's you a never take any regrets in a simple stadium, no. Ah, no, no. But uh, <laughs> look, you have a good kick. Any woman uh, on your shoulder there, so she should be able to bat off any any Tipperary lads that come near you. But look, uh, great that it's um, again fair play to to Jer and uh, his uh, counterparts in the Munster Council in allowing um, an All-Ireland Championship game to be played there. Um, you know, great that Tipperary are also, as you said, getting into Semple Stadium to take on Waterford. My only worry about a double header in the context that, you know, you don't have Tipperary playing in the game after, you don't have Waterford playing in the game after, could it have drawn the crowd? You know, like the, the you know, the Limerick and Clare crowd are not going to be in a rush to go in and watch Tipperary and Waterford playing Camogie. That would be my only but thing. But also, too, it kind of nullifies the home advantage for Tipperary. Well, they might know these players are sitting getting to know Turles. His atmosphere is completely different to what they're used to, where at least if Tipperary were playing, it would give them some edge. Yeah, I think if they were playing in the rag and they know they're playing in front of their 200, 300 people that turn up, well, then, yeah, they'd be, you know, as you said, they can justify that. But you're going to be in Simple Stadium now with maybe that two or 300 wider apart let's say atmosphere as you said is going to be completely different and then you're going to have people milling in at a various different time but look Darren I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth I think this is as has to happen going forward this is the way uh, it should be um, I just hope that you know maybe looking towards the end of the year that the Camogie Association then would be in negotiations with Crow Park or with the provincial councils to try and pair up counties that are obviously involved in the men's game play, you know, that the, that the women of the same counties probably or, or at least one of the counties anyway is involved in the in the double header prior, prior to because I think that's where you're ultimately going to get the, the rise and the, the lift out of, you know, 
the mammies and daddies bringing their kids to be able to see, uh, let's say, Tipperary playing camogie and playing hurling. But look, that's just one little gripe. There's nothing you can do about it. I still think there's a great opportunity to be playing on, on uh, Munster Hurling final day. And, uh, you know, th- this could be a cracker. You're looking at a Waterford team that's surely now got a huge lift off that scoreline uh, that they got. They haven't done any harm to their scoring difference. Um, you know, the, the bounce back regarding Dublin, they, like they, you were at that game, obviously the Waterford-Dublin game. It could have gone probably either way uh, coming down the closing stages there, but obviously the goal was a factor that helped Dublin ultimately over the line. So, you know, 12 scores apiece, it was quite uh, tight. Then when you see them scoring 318 against a, a Wexford team that, as I said, I, I, I would have my worries about now when you're shipping that kind of a scoreline against a Waterford side that you would have beaten previous and whatever. And when you look at Wexford not having been fantastic from play either against against Cork um, I know you're talking about you're playing Cork you're playing the All-Ireland Champions but you know you alluded to last week Wexford not putting a glove on on, on, on some of these teams in in, in, their, in the early rounds so Waterford will be buoyed by that like again Darren we touched on a bit I suppose and suggested last week you know we, we haven't seen the best of Bet Carton and I think Neve Rocket now in about 18 months. Like, and, and you know, what, maybe the shackles were thrown off. Um, I haven't got to see the full list of breakdown of scores there, but, you know, realistically... Well, Bet got, got seven points and Neve got six. Neve yeah. six were from play. Yeah. And Bet, I think, half of them were from play, three or four from play. Right. And Lorraine Bray scored two, three from midfield and they were the three, uh, based on local reports, they were the three standout names. They're three all-stars. Well, the they're the three. They're, look, they're the three that you you want. They're the backbone uh, right down the middle of the field. Um, You know, to me, just in the last couple of games, though, they... they now, I know Neve obviously didn't... I don't think played any of the league um, matches, uh, you know, back in the championship. So she's obviously back in the form... Uh, and 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 that's a good performance. I I was just worried about where Waterford were thinking and what they were thinking with regards to Bet Carton because you know I wonder was Bet trying to be you know out in the middle of the field and also you know Bet Carton inside as well was it taken from her game you know like she she has a certain amount of responsibility all right and being able to take the place balls and whatever I just think you know Bet's kind of key position is uh, is on the inside line and uh, and taking your freeze uh, you know she has that talent to be able to turn a game that uh, I think that's where you. You need to have her. Um, Lorraine Bray, you know, just seems to be you know, a marauding half back as she was, you know, won her all star, obviously a wing back. Uh, but like, since she's gone into midfield, that uh, Lisa life that she's got, that she's just able to come on to crash ball, but she's also able to dictate an awful lot of play. But she's kicking in with two, three, Darren. That's a, you know, a serious haul from the middle of the field. And if you have the three of them clicking, well, Tipperary now we're going to have a, a little bit of a worry on their hands because as we come into that game now, you have a tip side who have not performed, you'd have to say, in the championship so far. Now, you go back to the rag, you go back to Justin Heffernan's uh, free scenario there, and Tip could have come out with that with a win, and you would have went, you know, if they'd got the win 110 to 10 over a clear team, you would have went, yeah, okay, that's a, that's a close run Munster Championship game, uh, in, in, in you know, Munster Rivals or whatever, um, you know, it would have been a close-fought thing, Tipperary get the win. Then, though, they go up to Dublin, and they don't really perform again and you just wonder, is there a little bit of a hangover in some way? You know, Roisin gets sent off. Uh, Cot then has to be relied on again uh, to kind of rescue them at the end. And, uh, you know, you just, there would be a little bit of doubt starting to creep in. I still think they'll beat Waterford. 
Um, I, I, you know, I, I just think that they're further down along the road. They've played obviously Division One. They've been in tighter battles. Waterford coming from Division Two. Boyd, all right, by that that victory last weekend, Darren is going to obviously suit them. But I still think Tip will have the the nuances a little bit to be able to beat them. Yeah, and you'd imagine a Tipperary because they have the plenty of reason to try and get one over Tipperary too after their all Ireland lost in recent years. The one thing I have to say, Gillian, is like when you take Lorraine Bray and Clara Griffin in midfield and the Shackles are often like Waterford faded out of the league semi-final against Wexford, faded out of the game against Dublin. They'd lost Clona Carroll to a second yellow card in that game that didn't help their closing stages. I, I find it hard based on what I'm expecting Tipperary to line up with that the Waterford won't win the midfield battle and with Roisin Howard not on the pitch due to a straight red card against uh, Dublin. Tipperary could be found wanting here because the need to put bodies in there and again they could be dependent an awful lot and caught to ban here to get the scores down at the attack yeah well like we said earlier on in the league Darren that that, that to me was the key element with, with Tipperary going forward that looked like all of a sudden they had unearthed one or two players that were going to step up and take some of the pressure off Cot Devan. For some reason, that hasn't kicked on. And we've now got the championship. And, like, realistically, Tipperary, you know, the score lines that they've come out with, like, Darren, you know, they, they, they haven't been anywhere near the likes of what Cork or um, Cork Galway or Kilkenny have produced. You know, they, they're not shooting the absolute lights out. So, you know, Bill has to be worried about that. And I, you're rightly point out there, yeah, if you have a Waterford team that are peppering along here and if if, if Bray, Rocket and, and and Carton and you throw in the, the likes of, uh, uh, throw in Abbey there in, in, into the mix and you, you, you throw in, uh, the, the 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 scenario of where maybe you know Miss um, Chaloner is able to maybe get in on the action as well. Like you know, all of a sudden Tip maybe find that they have too many fires to fight in the defensive line of things. They're not winning the midfield battle, and then they can't get the ball out to their forward. So you know, I I there would be a little bit of me worried um, I, as regards where Tipperary are now going forward. I, I, I'm just going to give them the cautious nod, though, again, because on the basis that, as I said, they've, they've been through more ringers lately than Waterford and have obviously been playing Division One Camogie. Yeah, and the thing as well, Killian, is that, like, as we mentioned, there are four games without a win, and it feels like Tipperary are still from a hangover from that one-point loss to Galway in the league in Banlaslow back in March because mm. that was a big day for them and it really hurt them the way that game finished out as well. But for Waterford... Like they're never going to get a better chance. Here. Absolutely, out, yeah. The simple stadium, like this, is set up like, and this effectively is a knockout match in one way. Well, there's still a chance both these teams will come through. Whoever loses this match is going to be really up against it in the last two rounds. Yeah, but Waterford, though, Darren, in lots of ways, are a bit like Dublin last week against Tipperary. They've nothing to lose. You know, they can, to me, they can go, they can go at this because you know, from a long way out, people mightn't have expected them to beat Tipperary. Like if Tipperary were in the form, as we said, if they had two wins on the bounce, you'd be giving Waterford no hope in this game. So Waterford could use that now to their advantage in the sense that you know they're actually ahead of Tipperary in the table. Can you imagine if we come out with Simple Stadium on Sunday and Waterford have won that match and Waterford now all of a sudden are on six points, Tipper on two, and Tipper in real bother then of maybe their chances of getting to the quarterfinals are even in doubt, never mind the semifinals. So, you know, like it, it is a scenario here that Waterford, if I'm Waterford, I'm Derek Lyons, I'm just going for broke here. I, I think you have nothing to lose. Have a, have a crack at it. And as you said, you've never had a better chance. The last two years, you know, what is a scenario Waterford have found themselves in trying to play at Tipperary 
you know, they didn't they didn't really kind of come out of the blocks uh, really at all on occasion. Last year, probably, yeah, played a little bit better. Um, but I think, that, yeah, I agree with you in, in the sense that there's a chance here. Um, and 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 that that's still why I think this could be a very, very tasty encounter. Um, if you have that Waterford team peppered and long from that result against Wexford, I'd be watching out Tipperary. So that's Tipperary against Waterford, Sunday, 2 o'clock in Semple Stadium, uh, a must-win game for both teams because as well, Killian was just thinking there, like the third place in this group is to play Galway and Kenny. These two teams still have to play Cork as well, so there's so much at stake. There's also so much at stake in Six Mile Bridge on Saturday at 2 o'clock, Clare against Wexford. We have spoken about this is the sixth week in a row this Clare team have been out in hard, hard matches every day while Wexford there's no coming back from three losses if they lose this game they are out of the championship yeah and like again Darren I, I just the vibe from Wexford from the scores anyway would suggest that things are not in a good place like you're talking about a Wexford team that have scored nine points in both of their games one six against Cork nine points against uh, Waterford the, the, the shipping of that 318 is a big issue I would have uh, in, in looking anyway favourably on Wexford in this game because you know like to 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 go and beat uh, Waterford to go on and win the division two title you defeat Antrim in Crow Park um, you know they got a real shot in the arm they just don't seem to have responded well in the championship at all uh, Wexford seem to have been found badly badly wanted now I know you're taking on Cork in your first game and you probably, if you're Wexford, you're probably writing that game off. But again, as you alluded, and we said it only maybe 10 minutes ago on the podcast here, you were worried about the fact that they didn't even lay a glove on Wexford, you know, or on Cork. Like, you know, that they didn't make it really difficult for them. That even though Cork only, only scored 214, they probably could have scored an awful lot more in that encounter. But my worry would be is that you don't even lay a glove on Waterford in a 318 to nine point loss. You know, that like that's... That's a worrying station, I have to say. I know it's only after one match, but I would really be worried about Wexford's kind of uh, shape now and form coming into this game. Because as you rightly said, this is their All-Ireland final now here. Because if they, if they don't come away with a victory here, well then, um, you know, that's their, that's their All-Ireland season. You, uh, you would feel done and dusted. The only thing would be that might be able to give them some element of positivity is that Claire, it's their sixth week on the bounce. And as we mentioned, and as I, I mentioned to you, and I don't think you'll mind me saying uh, saying it like, but you know, the clear performance in Parky Rin looked like a team that were on a little bit of dirty petrol at that point. You know, they were at the end of the tank. It had been a big bit of a rise, and you know, this week now, you know, they know after the loss last week, they know that Wexford would be a game. They would have been targeting, I would imagine, all along anyway, Darren. But now it takes on... I always on. reckon this is the most important now, the three yeah. games. And now it takes on even greater importance. Now, they're probably, if they, you know, if there's to be a little bit of, uh, again, light in the tunnel, is the fact that they're looking at the Wexford performance the last day and going, oh, okay. Because we would have been probably expecting a Wexford team coming in here, having defeated Waterford possibly after the you know the recent form, they wouldn't have expected them to beat Cork. So they would, you know, you would have been a clear team coming in. Okay, both of us had to play Cork. It's going to be tough for both, you know, or whatever. Um, Clare might have been fancying, you know, an, a, a scenario where both of them run three points and they're and, and they're fighting things out, but. As it turns out now, you know, Wexford are two losses on their, on their back. Clare, obviously, you know, have got a draw, all right. Um, but they probably are the ones with a little bit more positivity around them. So, you know, I still, 
would be, you know, standing in Six Mile Bridge quite happy to put down the saffron and blue because uh, I don't think the purple and gold is going to be able to come away with the victory. However, my worry would be is that six weeks on the road. Six weeks on the road is going to be key as well because even as you said there, Killian, and I saw it in the flesh myself, the bodies, Mirren Scanlon went off. I don't know how Claire Hare finished off the match. Scored a great goal. Yes, she did. But, you know, there was a lot of clear players going down, receiving treatment too. And they have to pick themselves up. I've no doubt training was minimal enough this week, just trying to get through for this match as well. The one point I wanted to make about Wexford, I'm just looking at the team that played. And like good names, good players here, but like they're playing the sweeper system at the moment. Now, I don't know what they're playing at at the start of the Waterford game when they conceded 2-5 in the first 11 minutes. But... Like with players like Kira O'Connor, Joanne Dillon, and A. Kerr, and Aoife Gaini, Sarah O'Connor, and Aoife O'Connor behind them, too. Like they shouldn't have to be playing like that. Like this is a team that banged in the goals in the league final against Antrim that turned it on against Waterford in the league semi final. And I, I understand they're trying to find ways to go up against the Corks, the Kilkenny's, and the Galways. But this, regardless of what happened between Wexford and Cork, and some local reports are playing up their performance against Cork. From what I saw, I don't think it was much myself. This was the game. This was Wexford's key match last week. And the fact that they were beaten out the gate is extremely worrying. And if they had a week off to bounce back, you'd say one thing. But now they have to throw the kitchen sink at this to save their championship. Well, like Darren, look, if I was Wexford and Kevin Tatton, again, you're going in against the All-Ireland finalists. You're, you're, you're probably writing that game off. So you're targeting Waterford. You're obviously then targeting that you're, you're, you're playing uh, Clare. And then uh, you have Dublin. Uh, sorry. Then you have Tipperary uh, at home. So these are probably the two games uh, that, you know, that if you're Wexford, that you would have been targeting the one last week and the one uh, this week. Um, I know you have to travel away to both, but you're probably thinking, you know, well, considering that we've won at, in Division Two, we've uh, and we've qualified, our form is probably the better of of of, uh, of the other three teams. You know, you've Clare now have been buoyed by the Munster Championship. You've Waterford, who, as I said to you, to me, were in different coming in. Yeah, like fair enough. Yeah, they got to a, a, a Division semi final, but you know the way that game got away from them in the last quarter, I I I was not expecting great things at them in the championship. So they've got that victory and they really put Wexford away. And like, as you said, if there was a sweeper system involved that they had used against Cork, like, were they still in the dressing room or something, sweeping around or something? Like, you know, when they could see 2-5 in the first 10 minutes? Like, I don't know. Um, To me, Darren, I, I understand where Kevin Tatton is coming from. If you're going to be playing any maybe top four or maybe the fifth and sixth team maybe in, in this championship, you probably are thinking, you know, right, we have to involve some kind of intuitive bit of play, innovate, you know, go with a sweeper system, whatever. But surely you don't drop that in in the in the first couple of weeks before championship. I, I Like, I didn't see a whole lot of that in the league. May, correct me if I'm wrong. Although... Maybe the last quarter in Carlo, there, there was an element of, you know, backup play and whatever that really shut down uh, Waterford opportunities. But I don't know. Maybe Waterford learned an awful lot more about that that system that maybe Wexford played and that's how they were able to open them up in the first quarter and then they just buried them all together. But I don't know. I, I, I'm, 
I, look, we could be here now next week, Darren, and we'll be kind of going, geez, wow, where did that Wexford perform? This, 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 no difference to our lad skills, Kenny, recently. This is their, this is their all, all Ireland final. Yeah, step they, up. I, I think they, yeah, they have to step up now. They, they have to be, they have to be the Wexford team that we saw in the last quarter against Waterford and the semi and the final in Crow Park against Antrim. They, they have to go for broke on this because otherwise their championship is done and dusted in that cigar in that scenario. Um, Based on though, that performance last week, I don't know how you turn it around in six days uh, for Kevin Tatton. So look, um, I, I I can't see a Wexford win, but it's going to be tight, I think, Darren, purely on the basis of the fact that um, Clare are going to have to go to the well one more time. Clare is just getting the nod as well, but it promised to be an intriguing contest as well. That's Saturday, two o'clock and six mile bridge. Killian, very, very quickly before we finish up this segment of the show, Dublin against Cork. I know... Um, some concerns about the, the venue being mentioned across various platforms. It's a free shot for Dublin. They're second in the table. Nobody expected anything out of this game. But if they were to get something out of the match, we certainly have to start talking about them in the knockout stages. Yeah. Um, to the venue, firstly, nothing against Nave Peregrines there um, ha- have been in it as a venue before. But for me, now at this stage, Darren, we've we got to be serious about playing senior championship matches. We've got to be playing them at venues that are um, you know, where where they're subsequently are, you know, in top venues. So, you know, uh, Parnell Park to me ha- has to be the, the main venue for Camogie within Dublin. And uh, I know that there must be difficulties around getting it or whatever. I know they got to play there the last day. But um, that, again, it's nothing against Peregrines. But I think going forward, whether it comes as a director from Camogie Association or something like that, and they try to negotiate then earlier doors in the year, championship games have to be played at a, at a venue. I think uh, befitting of the of the occasion. But anyway, that's that. Um, maybe maybe the Dublin are trying to even things up here a little bit by bringing Cork uh, to Nave Peregrines, you know, to, uh, to 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 tighten it up in, in in lots of ways. So maybe there's a tactic behind that. But I'm just not agreeable on the venue. Um, Dublin again, they're on a shot to 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 no miss here uh, as regards. I'd be uh, concerned here, Darren. Um, you know, as you again, I'm giving you another clap on the back here. Rightly pointed out, you know, last weekend, you know, Adrian O'Sullivan, Tipperary Cork games to target um, to try and get performances and 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 get a measure of his team because he probably feels he's the measure of the other teams in the group. Then, so you know, maybe that's what's going to be done here against Cork. Probably going to be hard to do it, Darren two weeks in a row, you know, to be able to um, sustain that because, you know, albeit a draw against Tipperary, it was a poor Tipperary performance. Dublin still only got 10 points. Um, You know, 10 points is not going to beat Cork and it's probably not even going to get a draw with Cork. So, you know, what Adrian might be looking for here again is is a performance, but... I, if you look at the way Cork were moving, that half-back line, like, it's mouth-watering. Um, you, you seem like we have a settled Cork full-back for the first time in, in, a, in a while. And uh, again, if you have Amy O'Connor in the form that she's in, you know, I could see I could see two or three goals at least going in for Cork. And I would be surprised if they score less than 12 points. So I think uh, it's going to be a, a win for Cork. And, you know, I don't think chasing for Dublin. I think Dublin are in in good, good kind of fettle. I just don't think they're going to get a victory against, or, or, or a result, I have to say, against Cork. We look forward to that five o'clock in the Perry Green on Saturday, Dublin against Cork, a top of the table clash. And that's it for the second part of Sports Stars Camogie. And actually, that's it for me because I am parting ways here now. And even at all to Killian for the final segment because Killian has a very, very uh, special segment and a special guest on the show. So, uh, Killian, great to be back with you again. I'll see you next week. We'll take a break. Killian's back after these.
Thanks, Darren. I like listening to Sports Dads because he has famous celebrities and I guess listen to him. Darren Kelly. Right, on last Friday night, there was a very special occasion held in the Hamlet Court Hotel in Johnstone Bridge in County Kildare. It was billed as a night to remember the Johnstone Bridge Camogie achievements over the last 20 odd years or thereabouts, but it turned into a kind of a This Is Your Life program for the one great Dick Flanagan. Dick, of course, as uh, I'm sure many Camogie teams around the country have ever encountered when they've taken on Johnstone Bridge, is the man behind uh, the resurrection of a Johnstone Bridge Camogie club since the late 1990s and uh, the club took it on upon themselves to hold I have to say a cracking night uh, where memories were shared uh, among uh, various different coaches and players that uh, encountered Dick over the uh, years and with special mention given obviously to their All-Ireland Junior and Intermediate uh, successes. I was lucky enough and honoured to be asked to be MC on the occasion and what you're going to hear now is the closing part of uh, the night which ran for two hours uh, a cracking uh, night that it was in front of a crowd of about 250 uh, people and it involved the Flanagan family with the main man himself Dick Flanagan Now Dick I have to say I've been lucky enough to hold one of them I've never obviously won one I had one but uh, that is a fabulous piece of work Charlotte Daly is uh, some talent uh, it's going to be a lovely little piece I'd imagine on the mantelpiece at home Anyone wants to feel the, the weight of it. You want to be doing a workout. <laughs> you would definitely. Carry that around. It's lovely, and thanks very much. Um, Describe what you're feeling, Dick. You, 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 I know Claudia uh, has done everything over the last couple of weeks to throw you off yeah, the scene. I, I thought this was just going to be kind of come down to the bar, meet the girls, have, get something, and <laughs> have a few drinks. To go. This is. It's overwhelming, girls. Uh, you've been, you know, stars on and off the pitch, and this just typifies what you you do and what you, you know. It's, it's just, it's lovely. Thanks very much. I'm gonna come back to you for a few words in a minute, Mary. Behind every great man, there's 30 women. Well, Mary, there's only one that causes up to him in the bed at night time. And, and, and you've had his back for many years. True, Killian, but listen to everybody speaking here tonight. I am going to be able to say, Dickie, you're a bully. <laughs> back up. <laughs> Describe the last 25 years, if you can in a nutshell. Uh, we've heard an awful lot of it, but you're at the coal face, Mary. You know, I'm sure you ran ideas by you early doors. Yes, and they all, they often went on deaf ears, Killian. Um, yeah, it's been a roller coaster. It's been amazing. Um, like, going back, my first memory is when we were in Fela in, in Belfast. And we talk about the, the work was put into us and everything, but it was, it was a beautiful weekend. It was very sunny. And my job was to keep the girls out of the sun. <laughs> and then, okay, we progressed and we had a few wins. And then one little girl said to Dick, 
when are we going shopping, Dick? And his, his response was, a big shake of the head. <laughs> you know, so from then on, obviously, you know, all the years, I was involved in the club, I was secretary, whatever. I was county board delegate, and that was great because I could bring back all the, the news to Dick on what was happening with other clubs. <laughs> all part of the plan, of course. All yeah. party planning, yeah. So it's been amazing. It's been our life. You know, so yeah, it's been great. Well, Mary, a, a uniqueness among you as a couple to welcome so many people into your home. Yeah, we have a big family now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we did. Like we, the girls from Nace, especially like, and of course Roisin. Like we, we just opened our doors to them. Like they're part of our family. We we flew home from work. We lived together. We worked together. And we look after the girls together. But, and you also, I believe when you're talking about flying home, you, you flew home from Australia, I think, at one stage. I did, you? much to poor Jackie's. <laughs> <laughs> I flew solo for, for one of the All-Irelands, yeah. Wow, that a huge undertaking, uh, mm -hmm. 24 hours of travel to, to get back, but you, I, I doubt you were going to miss it. Um, ne never. No, no, I was going to be here, and I knew they were going to win, and Jackie's sister was in us when we were in Sydney, we were listening to it, and she said, Mary, you won't be going home, because they won't win. I said, Marie, they will win. <laughs> so, yes, I and flew so, home. Uh, so, you were the difference, obviously, Mary, making that effort. Uh, Emma, let's turn to you. Um, hmm, the travel agent <laughs> for that infamous trip to London. What can you tell us about that? I think the less said about that trip. <laughs> yeah, that was the best 24 hours of my life. <laughs> uh, I ended up losing the folder. Uh, I think Chloe Doyle helped me on the morning to get everybody up. Elaine had left to go to the airport thinking she could check people in without people being there. <laughs> And I had fallen asleep for about 15 minutes, woke up, I had text messages from Chloe, do you need help getting people up? Yeah. So it was a quick gather, counting heads into taxi and straight to the airport and home, yeah. You, though, are nearly the next step in, 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 in a way because you are encompassed with these two every day of the week as well within the business, obviously. Yeah. What kind of boss is he? You know what he's like as a dad, as a coach? Is he any different as a boss? I'm the boss. <laughs> yeah, he thinks he's the boss, but I'm the boss. <laughs> oh, moving on. Claudia. Uh, you have the unique, like Siobhan, four All-Irelands uh, back with the club. You were fail a captain in the famous coup 2000, like, there's no way, obviously, as a young person, you would have foreseen what was ahead, but you're in the Flanagan household, you know something is cooking. Yeah, I suppose, um, Geraldine talked about it, Daddy talked about it a couple of months ago, um, about a, a curious way I have of, of asking questions and bringing people on board. And I suppose in Fela in those very early days, like anybody else my age, just wanted 
mommy and daddy to be interested in the things that I was doing and I had heard stories about Broadford Hurling and Kildare football and, and all the things that daddy had done um, and so when Geraldine talked about that we needed a coach I said well yeah my, my daddy can do that um, <laughs> <laughs> and I remember looking out with the old dressing room from Johnstown and we were in there and and Geraldine was saying we needed somebody to help, and I was like, yeah, that, that's no problem, we, we, we'll sort that. <laughs> and I suppose that's been the theme. Um, whatever we have wanted as a group, if it, if it is mentioned to Daddy, even the wind of the word, he does it. Um, and I suppose there's a couple of different points along, I suppose, my career that stands out. Um, so obviously fail, I was an amazing time for us as a group of people. Um, and a couple of the girls and people here have talked about it in terms of what Daddy has done for us. And it was really just to make us feel special, to, pe to feel like people of value in a community that is very much a community, as you can see tonight. So that was the first time, I think it was Coleman Byrne drove us over the bridge in a, a pickup truck into Johnstown. No, no health and safety, no nothing. Uh, we had one and we were to be celebrated. And that was, has been the theme, I suppose, of the last 20 plus years. And I mean, people have talked tonight about ways that Daddy has kind of wrangled people in and, and all the rest. Um, but there's times Daddy's also kind of said, well, am I the person for the job? Um, and he took a break after we won the intermediate, maybe with the idea that there was somebody else to take us further. Um, and then there wasn't. Um, and thanks to Jane O'Donoghue and Siobhan Hurley here one night, I can't remember whose 21st it was, but anyway, wrangled Daddy into <laughs> training the under 21 team. We had been bet heavily enough, I think, by Salford in the county final. Um, it was our first county final, um, and for Daddy, there was there was business to be done. Mm. And again, again, we won the county final, um, and we couldn't kind of we couldn't push through the next ceiling, which was the Leinster final. Um, and we had an awful day in some hole, maybe in Leash. <laughs> I'm not sure, <laughs> but I can't remember where it was. But it was an awful rainy day. It was a disaster. Um, we had. We had put something on our hands to make the ball stick. The ball would not stick. Um, and we were bet by Michael and we were devastated. And at that point, Daddy again was wondering, is this the ceiling that he has reached? And at that time, I remember saying to Daddy, we're going to win. It's coming. And I want you with us. Um, and I suppose that was, that was it for me, like anybody here tonight, wanting a parent with you. That was it. I wanted Daddy with us. I knew success was on the way, and more than Mary Murphy knew it was on the way. It was coming. Um, and I suppose what, yeah, a couple of things, probably people have touched on it tonight. Um, what Daddy has instilled in us, people have called, put different words on it tonight, but it's made us relentless. Um, there's nothing that we won't do because we don't believe I'm probably saying too many, <laughs> too many don'ts and do's, but there's nothing that's not possible for us because that's what Daddy believes. There's nothing you can't do. 
if you don't want to do it. Um, so it has made us relentless. It has made us fearless. Um, Daddy has made us fearless. We, I have friends from Mullia and Galway who said that Tanya Johnson's interview was like too much in Galway to, <laughs> 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 to dare say she didn't know who Therese Maher was. But the fact was, every time Therese Maher went to get a ball, Tanya Johnson was there, Eva Trant was there. If Eva Trant couldn't get her, Jenna would get her. Jenna couldn't get her, Aaron couldn't, would get her. And that wasn't anything that you could kind of put your, your finger on. It was because as a, as a collective, we believed this was it, we could do it. It wasn't that any other team deserved something more than we did. Um, so yeah, relentless and fearless and people of value. Um, and I suppose for me, what was most important, and there's a video, unfortunately it's not here tonight, but Fiona Tran took it of the final, when the whistle blew um, in Clonus, and it's Daddy jumping into Chubby's arms, <laughs> <laughs> legs in the air. And I suppose what's been the most important thing to me as a daughter, um, no more than Mammy, but seeing how happy this whole journey has made Daddy, um, and that has been something that I am so happy to be a, have been a part of. Um, but really, for me, that's the most important thing, how happy this has made Mammy and Daddy. Um, it's given us a purpose bigger than ourselves, um, and that's always important, um, and something to just really to hang our hats on. Um, yeah, yeah. Very well said. It, it, it's easy to see the cloth that uh, Emma and Claude are cut from, isn't it? Um, yeah, I, I think you're passing on an awful lot of your, uh, your traits uh, here, Dick. Uh, I'm very conscious to mention the next generation that are coming. Um, I believe Billy and Zach are playing with Broadford, is that right? Yeah. That talent, talent has obviously been passed on down along the line uh, as well. And Rosie, I believe you might have a little uh, uh, project that we need you to do. Uh, but you are a great helper to this man as well. You're obviously picking up on, on, on some of the roles and topics as well, aren't you? So do you want to do that little job maybe that you're going to do for me? So Rosie is going to present Dick now with a memory book, which is on behalf of the next generation of female athletes. So Rosie, pass it on to Dick. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to call the night and bring it to an end here. While he's standing, will you please be upstanding, please, for Dick Flanagan. This is your night, Dick. Congratulations. Uh, I don't know if you want to wrap up, if you want to say a few words, you're more than welcome to, but I know you're a quiet man, so. <laughs> Done. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up again for Dick Flanagan.
before before Dick leaves the stage, I'm gonna I'm gonna invite people up. We're asking people to come. We're gonna get one big group group photograph with all the coaches and players and stuff like that. So if you'd make your way forward here to the stage. I know the photographer here wants to grab a picture, so will you please do that? Ladies and gentlemen, listen, it has been my utmost pleasure to be here. Thanks to Claudia for inviting me, the Flanagan family for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. So there you have it, cracking night in uh, Johnstown Bridge and uh, I'm sure a club, uh, well, right on the Mead border, but they're firmly ensconced in Kildare, will be uh, well known uh, around some parts of the country anyway, uh, having, uh, as I said, got to the uh, top table at uh, junior and intermediate level, but a great night was had and congratulations to Dick Flanagan, everything he's achieved and the best look in retirement, although funny enough, I don't think he'd be too far away somehow. Right, well, that's the end of Sports as Camogie for this week. Hopefully you've enjoyed the program looking back on all the action from last week and ahead to some cracking games don't forget the streamed match this weekend will be that encounter between Tipperary and Waterford in Simple Stadium at 2 o'clock on Sunday Ray Kelly is the man in the middle and the people on the mic, well, our own Darren Kelly and Elaine Aylward. So make sure and catch that on the Camogie uh, Association YouTube channel with the crew from Entree. But I've been Killian Whelan. He's been Darren Kelly, although he's no longer uh, with us. Hopefully you've enjoyed this week's uh, edition of Sports Stars Camogie. We're back free to air, folks. Do stay with us. We'll be back next week. Good luck to you.